This is the Nordic Asia podcast. Welcome to the Nordic Asia podcast, a collaboration sharing expertise on Asia across the Nordic region. Those of you who have listened to our previous episode on information control in China already know today's guest, Herman Obier. While recording that episode, we wanted to talk about TikTok as well, but because TikTok is not used in China, it didn't suit to that theme. So then instead, we decided to make a separate episode on TikTok only. Recently, Herman has been exploring security risks related to TikTok and the political storm that TikTok created in the US. He claims that the accusations made by Trump missed the main points and that there are in fact much more important issues at stake also in Europe. My name is Outilova and I'm joined today by Herman Obier, who works as postdoc researcher at the Center for East Asian Studies of the University of Turku in a project that studies Chinese systems of censorship and propaganda. Welcome, Herman. Thank you, Oti, for having me. Uh, If you start from the basics, so could you please explain what TikTok actually is? Right. For our listeners who are not familiar with the app, TikTok is actually a, a very recent app that was launched about three years ago. And it's a video sharing app. The videos range from three to 60 seconds and they can be streamed with soundtrack. They can be created by the users or tapped into from a soundtrack library. And basically, it resembles in a way YouTube in the sense that users can create videos and share them. And then the algorithm of the app is basically designed in such a way that other users can keep watching these videos and get kind of addicted to the videos that are really ideal for short attention span. And it resembles also to some extent some of the apps owned by Facebook. Although it's not uh, driven by the social network primarily, but it's, it's mostly algorithm driven. And it's a global app. It has uh, grown really fast. It's now available in more than 40 something languages around the world. And it's the first foreign app that competes with the, the global apps that are mainly from the Silicon Valley uh, and owned by Facebook, Google, or other tech giants from the US. So in that sense, it's a quite interesting app. And I think that's why it has been attracting lots of critical scrutiny in the past two months. And yeah, is... partly also because of its users. That's right, mm. because it's targeting the young users primarily, who are usually in their teens or 20s. And it's been estimated that those users are spending on average one hour per day Uh, watching videos from TikTok and that comes second after YouTube so you get an idea of the kind of demographics at stake. Yeah so there is uh, issues also of, of protecting children from the uh, possibly abusing contents yes. and, and, and uh, other That's users. That's right there have been quite a few concerns related to how TikTok may be violating for example in Europe the general data protection rules that are also about protecting the privacy of children And actually, TikTok has been fined already by several countries' authorities for uh, collecting data from uh, underage users, uh, usually under 13. And uh, this is something that yeah we can talk about later. 
Yeah. So the second question is why the huge storm, political storm in the United States? Why has it been attracting so much scrutiny from the United States government and the media there? Right. I think the timing is really important to appreciate why now and not earlier or later. First of all, of course, in the U.S. context, there's the coming up elections, and we are now two weeks away from them, and Trump has played this card in the COVID-19 context to be uh, tougher on China than the Democrats, and for that, he's been targeting previously a couple of technological companies. We have to understand that in this growing Sino-U.S. rivalry, uh, technology is really the core of the battle. You can see that before TikTok, of course, there was a, a huge storm around the 5G with the Huawei company. And now it's TikTok and also WeChat, another very big app in China. And I think the main reason why the executive order was issued by the Trump government uh, in early August was mainly to, you know, draw benefits from the political messaging that comes with it. Actually... In the beginning, there were some hopes in the media in the U.S. that basically this heightened scrutiny around TikTok will enable a public debate around privacy issues that are valid and genuine. There are uh, several concerns about how TikTok may be collecting data from its users and send them to China, and then the Chinese government could actually use this data either to invade users' privacy and, and then use this data as a tool for foreign influence. Now, the problem, of course, here is that there's not been any hard evidence of such data transfer, but still the potential remains. And I think the main concern remains unaddressed. So that's why I would argue it missed opportunity. And in that sense, it's more interesting yeah, to shift the discussion, I think, uh, for the European case, for example, about what are the implications of the TikTok case for uh, the GDPR and users' privacy in particular. Yeah, yeah. We know from the Cambridge Analytical scandal already that that Trump doesn't really care much about data <laughs> privacy Indeed, issues. There are precedents. So, yeah. <laughs> so there was just a lot of noise and tough accusations, but the root of the problem has not yet been addressed That's properly. Right. So what should we be paying attention now when we are talking about TikTok and right. the privacy uh, issues? Yeah, that's uh, a good question. Uh, well, there are several concerns, really. The first question that we need to clarify is whether TikTok and its mother company based in Beijing called ByteDance is actually sending data from its global users outside China to the Chinese government. And to do that, actually, there is a fairly straightforward way of asking some of the companies that partnered with TikTok uh, to look into, for example, the cloud data centers that are owned by Google, Amazon, and a couple of other cloud data providers that are under the U.S. Uh, jurisdiction and that could be easily requested, for example, by the U.S. Department of Justice to look into the log of the data that is being transferred by TikTok from one server to another. And they could easily find evidence there to determine whether there's been such data transfer. Unfortunately, there's not been such requests coming from the U.S. government, which suggests that maybe they are not that interested, actually, uh, in looking into the, the, the core problem. I think the issue itself also is not specific, of course, to TikTok only. It's been singled out as one symbolic potential risk coming from this particular platform as a Chinese platform. It was, uh, it was an easy win for Trump to score political points. 
But uh, in the European context, because we also have a growing user base, you know, for, for TikTok, they are uh, roughly the same number of users as in the US. We, we have now 100 million users across Europe. And uh, there are many other TikTok users who are ironically outside China and the US. So it's actually concern that is uh, more important in terms of scale outside the two main countries that are now increasingly rivaling around the TikTok case. So this is one issue, the data transfer. And the other one, of course, is whether TikTok could be potentially used as a tool for foreign influence. Under Chinese laws, company based in China has to basically access to any request coming from the Chinese Communist Party state. And that means that basically if one day, for whatever reason, TikTok or Biden is requested by the Chinese government to tweak its algorithm in such a way that certain kind of videos or certain kinds of messages would be made more prominent than others, then it would be very difficult indeed to control this and to prevent it from happening because the very definition of an app like this is that it is virality, that the, the ability to, to spread viral videos and then the impact is usually already too late to control once it's out, as we have seen in many scandals. So are there any additional concerns? Social app-specific concerns and then yes. issues related to ByteDance being a Chinese company. Right. It's important not to conflate TikTok with other apps. It's true that there are several concerns, broader concerns, I would say, about privacy and about also how the data of users can be commercialized and so on that are similar to other apps owned by U.S. companies like Facebook or Google. And those Concerns, of course, have to do with hate speech as well, discrimination, bullying or sexual harassment or uh, conspiracy theories often referred to as misinformation or disinformation. All these concerns that are related to the social apps are not uh, specific, of course, to whether the app is Chinese or American here. But when it comes to the fact that TikTok is owned by China, of course, there are other concerns that arise immediately which have to do with uh, different visions of uh, a global internet and its future, the different norms that underpin this uh, development of the global internet. And here we can see that, of course, when it's owned by a Chinese company which is under political control of the Chinese government, it means that uh, there are potential risks that are yet not proven but that that are valid and, and illegitimate. And here we need to be very careful, for example, when it comes to how TikTok ensures the privacy protection of its users' data. And in European context, for example, with the GDPR, we know that China is not GDPR compliant, and that means we have to be extra careful when it comes to how it can be exploited by the, the owners of, of the company and the government in China. And finally, I would say another concern has to do with the design of the, the app itself. The algorithm is quite powerful, and that's one reason why the Chinese government issued a new law recently to protect the algorithm of TikTok from being sold off to a, an American company. But I would argue that even more importantly, it's the data from the users that is quite precious for the future development of, uh, of the next generation apps. 
And that's why I think uh, quite a few American companies were very eager to acquire parts of uh, the TikTok yeah, ownership. And now the current deal as it stands is uh, Oracle, cloud provider from America, and Walmart, the famous supermarket company that is trying to basically get a, a share from the TikTok deal in order to venture further into e-commerce because Amazon is now the leader in the market and Walmart is trying to uh, make use of the TikTok users' data to commercialize the app basically and this is what is going to happen next. Yeah, so we have huge issues here related to tech design and then also our current app economy that collects data and, and makes money off data. And uh, But then, I mean, how has ByteDance and, and TikTok responded to our concerns? Right. There's been quite uh, an interesting response coming out from TikTok, which actually borrows quite a few tactics from other companies like Huawei, uh, you know, Huawei has been under scrutiny as well. And they've been responding with all these politically motivated attacks in the West by claiming that they were not transferring uh, data to the Chinese government. And they also said that they will create more jobs and they will uh, set up uh, transparency and safety centers and be basically accountable and so on. And they also signed up on codes of conduct like other competitors from America did. But those are non-binding and it's all about, you know, assuming the good face of those companies. And at this stage, we can't just uh, assume that they will be acting in good faith. We can learn from the precedence of Facebook and Google that we need stronger regulation from the government uh, about all those activities by the digital platforms and TikTok is no exception. So that means we need to verify, we need technology experts also to do the verification very thoroughly. And then we clearly need also to understand that TikTok has this similar issue as Facebook when it comes to the, what is called the content moderation. And that is why it's a very controversial app now, uh, like Facebook, because it has to do with how the content generated by users has to be moderated by a team of people who is not always able to understand how the content might become controversial in different contexts. And their main approach at the moment to kind of um, mitigate those concerns is to use this PR strategy of saying that this is a learning process from them and trying to buy time and saying that they are going to localize their moderation policies by updating their community guidelines and so on. So in that sense, it resembles quite a lot what Facebook is doing. But the problem, of course, is that the core of, of the, the conflict here has to do with the way the algorithm is designed in order to generate addiction among users and to generate more data extraction in order to improve the artificial intelligence algorithm that drives those apps. And unless we regulate this and break the source code and open it up to public scrutiny, I don't think we can stop it with regulation and buying the good face measures. Yeah, the uh, Intercept has published some of these moderation guidelines and it's really interesting reading. And I realized that, for example, my eventual TikTok post would be immediately censored because... For example, in some markets, the moderators were asked to keep users who have too many wrinkles on their face away from their apps uh, for you page. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you, Dick, yeah. for, for protecting me from bullying. <laughs> <laughs> but then also other moderating guidelines say that contents that might endanger national security or national honor and interest should be also taken away or even those users who post such a content could be permanently banned from using the app. Right. These are actually yeah some of the, the controversies that involved TikTok before the whole hoopla in the US that started with the executive order from Trump. It, this has to do with the, the social app concerns that doesn't involve TikTok only, but also Facebook and and TikTok, in a way, is a more recent player at content moderation than Facebook. So it had to grow really fast and learn how to moderate its content in different contexts. And clearly, it has not been very good at doing that. And they acknowledged, actually, that they were kind of rough uh, at the start and that they were trying to improve their content moderation and localize, as they say, the, the guidelines. But the problem, of course, here is that those guidelines are drafted behind closed doors by people who are probably largely unaware about the specific sensitivities of different countries. And when you grow that fast and you don't disclose how those guidelines are drafted, what kind of considerations were involved and so on, then inevitably the app is prone to generate videos that will clash with the dominant social norms of different countries. And this is what happened with the first ban in India preceding the June 2020 ban that was issued by the Indian government in the name of national security as well. And there has been since then other similar controversies that are, I would say, morality-based controversies in countries like Indonesia and Pakistan, where the content was deemed to be blasphemous. And these are the kind of examples that show, similarly to Facebook, that when it comes to this user-generated content, those so-called social apps are actually very prone to moral controversies of that kind. And clearly, if we want to imagine an app in the future that is free from such controversies, then clearly we can't stick to this kind of business model where the app is mainly about driving profits and improving the efficiency of the algorithm by collecting more and more data from the users. This simply cannot work. So something has to change, and I think government regulation now is probably the most effective way of addressing such concerns. Yeah, but we have a big problem in the EU, and that's our bureaucracy. Yes. Can you explain a bit about Indeed. Uh, the Indeed, we situation? have uh, quite a, a few uh, leaders now at the European Commission who are, uh, I think, doing really valuable efforts to try to regulate under the framework of the GDPR uh, this kind of content moderation problems. But at the moment, if you look at TikTok specifically in Europe, you can see that there are several investigations that are undergoing in a few countries like France, Denmark, and Italy. And basically, they are about the problems of uh, privacy related to the data collected by TikTok from children. And there have been already in other countries some investigations that concluded around this issue 
like in the US and South Korea, where TikTok was fined for collecting such data. And right now, in these European countries, the problem is that whatever the outcome of their investigation would be, they will have to refer to the privacy watchdog uh, based in Dublin, which is where TikTok is currently incorporated for the European single market. And the problem there, of course, is that in Dublin, as our listeners may know, most of the Silicon Valley giants are also based there because it has a very low corporate tax for those digital giants. And we know that uh, basically Dublin is afraid of scaring away those investors that create many jobs there. And also the privacy protection mechanism works in such a way that once the results of those investigations by other European states will conclude, they will have to refer to Dublin as what they called a one-stop shop where they will have to take action on the outcome of those investigations. And at the moment, the Dublin privacy watchdog doesn't have a great track record, to say the least, about basically implementing the, the results of this kind of GDPR-based uh, investigation. So we have this dilemma in Europe right now. We let Chinese companies and American digital companies access the EU single market and they make massive profits on it. But when it comes to regulation, it's pretty toothless. And we need something to change. We need those regulations to be enforced more effectively. And we need also stronger regulations, I think. It's quite urgent when you look at all the disinformation, conspiracy theories spreading on those social apps. And we, of course, need to address all these concerns one by one. And the GDPR is already a very good base to do that. The US and China don't even have the equivalent of a GDPR. And I think they are struggling themselves to address these privacy issues. And that's why they remain largely unaddressed in both China and the US. But in Europe, we don't have any tech giants, but we have the GDPR. We have this regulatory power. It just needs to be enforced more consistently and effectively. Yes, exactly. Luckily, there are some global uh, initiatives that address the issues of the global governance of artificial intelligence. And UNICEF is one of those who are trying to put forward ethical guidelines to protect children from the uh, negative influences of the uh, applications of artificial intelligence. And, and TikTok is one of them. Yes, definitely. It will be one of the main targets for sure. And, and this is one of the frontier area for regulation at the moment. I think we really need, really need to take this seriously as well. Eventually, all this rivalry between China and the US around those apps is about what is called the artificial intelligence race between a state-driven model, which is the Chinese one, and the private sector-driven one from the US. And at the moment, we don't see anything really hopeful coming out from this rivalry, at least from the European perspective. And that's why I think those guidelines being drafted by the UNESCO are very welcome and, and they need to be fleshed out as well as part of the GDPR. Yeah, so both UNICEF and UNESCO, they're both developing these guidelines, UNESCO general and then UNICEF specifically in regard to children. But uh, let's hope that the TikTok storm has made people more aware about the potential threats to their data privacy. Thank you, Herman, for sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Oti. And thank you for joining the Nordic Asia podcast, showcasing Nordic collaboration in studying Asia. You have been listening to the Nordic Asia podcast.